Hey, Fro. Hello. What did the clock do when it got hungry? I don't know. It went back four seconds. I don't get it. On this episode of Another Digital Citizen, we will talk about News of the Week, TV of the Week, Vultures of Horror Review, 1983 Episode 7 and 8 Review, Movies of the Week, and Another Digital Review of Wise. This is Another Digital Citizen. This is a podcast meant to encourage logic through stupidity and chaos. A podcast meant to incite discussion between friends, enemies, countries, and religions. This is a podcast for us. For the digital world. Welcome, citizen. Hello, ladies and uh, gentlemen, and welcome to another Digital Citizen episode 169. A little raunchy episode there, Luke. Hi, Luke. Oh, right. Yeah. 169. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Raunchy. Mm-hmm. Raunchy episode. Especially with the topic that we're going to talk about today. I feel like that number was like a thing when I was a kid. It, it might have been like something that people would have thought of as offensive if you like wrote it somewhere, like Takeshi Six Nine or whatever. He just got it all over yeah. his whole face at this point in 2019. Yeah. So, a number, raunchy number. So uh, happy New Year's, by the way. Right. Yeah. Happy 2019. I guess. Right. Yes. How was uh, the beginning of New Year- New Year's for you? Uh, I mean, it was fine. I just watched. I was watching movies uh, New Year's Eve, and then what? I just hung out the next day, pretty much. So, and then now it's the second. So we're really not that far removed. But yeah, so far it's been a good year, I guess. Even though it's been two days. <laughs> I had such a blast the three last days. I think I think this has been one of the best beginnings of the year for me. I'm not fucking kidding with you. It's just been amazing. Meeting new people online, getting to know people for the first time is so it's so so it's so nice to yeah, just have terrific. Had a fun Sunday uh with you. We're going to talk about that a little later. Mhm. Uh-huh. <laughs> so the, yeah, no. This this week has been a good week. Uh, yeah. Did you hear about all elite wrestling, Fro? Sorry. All elite wrestling. Apparently, there's a, a federation being started by the guys who did All In, the All In show. Yeah. Apparently, they got a backer, like a really rich guy, and they've got a ton of TV offers. 
uh, and they're actually hiring talent already. So we're talking about an, a major wrestling promotion in the works right now in the U.S. They have people under multiple year contracts already, Fro. It feels a little unnatural to speak about this without talking about the other thing, but... It's really... We'll get it. We'll get into other wrestling thing later. It's fine. Yes. Okay. So, uh, collusion. Do you like that word? Uh, I, I, it's a word? I mean, it's become a, a word that means very little as of late, I guess, to, to some people, right? Yeah, collusion leads the list of words to banish in 2019. Uh, if the wordsmiths at the Lake Superior State University have their way, the vocabulary of President Donald Trump is going to shrink dramatically in 2019. I love how they write this. This is this is so biased. Uh, it's from Yahoo. Collusion is among the list of 18 words. It's actually from uh, USA Today. When you see me send oh. you something from Yahoo, I'm using Yahoo uh, News Aggregator. You always got to look at the top right under the headline, and it always says oh. what it's actually from. Oh, okay. Yeah, you Thank do that you. quite often, actually, but I always correct you. Yes. And I always forget, don't I? Mm. It happens. <laughs> it happens. I, I. So, uh, other words was wheelhouse in the books, wrap my head around, platform, otus, or potus, or flotus, or scotus, ghosting. We talked about ghosting last year. Did we? Uh, grapple. Did we talk about ghosting? What are you talking about, bro? Uh, we talked about people that followed people, didn't we? Oh, that's not ghosting. Well, ghosting nowadays is uh, if you are, like, talking to a girl online or, like, uh, uh, whatever, you're... You, you're, uh, get it, you, you have, like, a relationship with her, you've gone on a few dates, and then all of a sudden she just stops te answering your text, stops answering you on the phone, uh, avoids you everywhere you go. That's ghosting somebody, Fro. Ah. Yeah. It's a kid thing, right? <laughs> Grapple, crusty, uh, optics, legally drunk. Uh, importantly, and most important election of our time. Which is not really a word, but sure. Not really. It's a sentence more than a word. Uh, right, this is uh, from a University Salt... Uh, Seat Mary, Michigan, um, suggesting that they should be banished from our collective vocabulary vocabularies for overuse, misuse, or gen general uselessness. Um, the word that Trump frequently uses, uh, collusion, uh, in a tweet that he posted Saturday, uh, went, the Russian collusion fabrication is the greatest hoax in American history. Uh, in history of American politics, um, this, uh, the list which started in 1976 and included the word macho uh, was the brainchild of W.T. Rabe, uh, publications director at Lake Superior University. Every time I, uh, you say that word, I think, macho, macho man. 
Yeah, I wonder... Mm -hmm. In 1976, Macho Man probably was wrestling around then. Yeah. So he would have been... Like, that would have been, like, maybe a dig on Macho Man in a way. Oh, here we go. Other words that made the list in in the last decade... Uh, on fleek, that was a terrible one. Man spreading, <laughs> uh, selfie, foodie, YOLO, which we talked about re- recently. Ginormous, bromance, uh, BFF. Yeah, I think. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, staycation. That's a terrible one. Mm-hmm. I just this is kind of a list that they put together of things that are just like they said overused or misused or generally useless. At, like. Sometimes generally useless because we've used them so much. I think collusion is one of those things that's become uh, uh, almost useless because it's been overused to a point, and as well as uh, conspiracy theorist. But that could could have been on a list a long time ago. You know what I mean? So things uh, that lose their I meaning. No, I if I had the dollar for every time I were being called a conspiracy. Theorist, I would be fucking rich. Yeah, it Oops. happened to me over the Christmas holiday. Is talking to somebody about the whole Russia <laughs> thing, and and I, I'm saying I'm telling them exactly all the facts about Russia and how uh, they had found that only the data that came over could have only gone to a thumb drive. It couldn't have gone over an internet cable and I'm explaining all this stuff to them and they go, yeah, but you're, you know, you're, you're so into those conspiracy theories. And I'm like, I'm debunking the conspiracy theory right now in front of you. You're the conspiracy theorist, but you can't explain that to them. They'll never, it'll never get in there. It's it's kind of funny because you had kind of the same experience last year. I remember having the same conversation with you last year. Oh yeah, I'm sure it's been a constant yeah. thing over the last bunch of years. But I mean, at this point, we're at the beginning of the 2020 elect- election cycle, and they've managed to run this Russia Gate thing all the way up to till this point. I think that was their plan the whole time. So. I've been called a Donald Trump supporter many times as well. That is also something I would like to have money for. Um, liberal is kind of okay. That's okay. I've been called a liberal many, many times. A socialist, I've been called. I'm not sure sure if I'm, I'm so against people calling me a liberal and a socialist because I am a socialist liberal. But uh, I don't really like being called a conspiracy guy or a Donald Trump supporter. I think it's kind of funny uh, that I am also called uh, a socialist and liberal, but I am a Donald Trump supporter for for some strange reason. <laughs> I mean, the funniest part is when you hear on the news when they say uh, collusion between Trump and Russia, what they really mean right. is conspiracy but. Uh, between Trump and Russia, but they can't say conspiracy because that word has been so overused, much like collusion now has been. It's been so overused and so demonized that even though it is a conspiracy, the news can't say that because they would look like idiots for saying it's a conspiracy because it's the, the word's been so demonized. So they have to use the word collusion. But now that we just covered the story, even people in America and other, uh, mostly America, are going, yeah, that word is just stupid and we're sick of it. Uh, talking about collusion, uh, America detained American. Sorry, not America. That would be funny if the whole of America was detained. Uh, <laughs> that would American be a little hard to do. Detained. Yes, American 
detained for carrying out of espionage in Moscow. Tell me about this case. Uh, right. A uh, U.S. citizen has been detained in Moscow on suspicion of spying, uh, the Russian FSB security services said. The FSB said the American had been detained while carrying out an act of espionage on December 28th. A criminal case has been opened under Article 276 of the Russian Criminal Code, which allows for 20 years in prison, prison uh, I guess, if convicted. It says mm -hmm. no other details were immediately available, and the U.S. Embassy in Moscow has not commented. Uh, but I I've read a little bit more into this, and this guy was a U.S. Marine? Former U.S. Marine. Uh, not Marine anymore, but he worked for... A company uh, doing security work around the world. Like, he was a security contractor uh, for a major right. company of some kind. Um, which, uh, private, those kind of international private security companies are, are known for doing, like, Blackwater and those kind of things. I can see that being an issue. I don't have any proof of that in this situation, but... Um, are private security companies used by America to do military actions and possibly spying? Yes, that does happen. <laughs> so, uh, Luke, do you believe there's? I don't have life? evidence one way or another if this is a if he's actually a spy or not. Um, what do you think? This, uh, it's it's kind of. Uh, for me, it's kind of hard to to answer because Norway is in the middle of a scandal with uh, with uh, uh, sending a spy to Russia that has actually admitted that he was a spy and is in Russian jail at the moment. Right, exactly. We, we have covered that on on, on the podcast. Mm -hmm. So, think um, America could do it. Yeah. If Norway can do it, <laughs> fuck yeah, I believe American can do it. All right, and there was so. also we covered the lady here in America who they said was a Russian spy, and I guess she came out in right. court uh, this week or last week and said, or uh, pled guilty, but pled guilty, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, they made a deal for her to plead guilty so she, for a lower sentence. Right. Plea deal? Plea deal? A plea deal, right. So, wow, you sound terrible right now, but... Um, uh, and then Russia says, oh, she just took the plea deal. She's not actually guilty. She just took the deal so she wouldn't be in jail as long. And then right after that is when this guy uh, gets captured by Russia as a spy. So it almost seems like a power play in, uh, in another... If you look at it another way, like, maybe they just want to trade spies. You see what I mean, Fro? Right. So yeah, that could also be the power play that's happening here. So interesting thing. It's definitely going to be news in the future. I already, I can already tell you that. I mean, it's it's pretty it's pretty obvious that all countries with some some government that is interested in in secrecy needs to have spy. I mean, you have you have a whole hero for that in America. Right, I mean, according to the articles I read, uh, according to this guy's family, he was there for a wedding 
like his brother's right. wedding or something. Uh, and uh, before the we- or the wedding happened and he didn't show up and they were like, this is out of character where what happened to him. And then he had been captured uh, and they are, uh, the family's all saying he had nothing to do with it. He was just there for a wedding. And that's all the information we have right now. We'll see what comes of this, I guess. So uh, the aliens uh, uh, are real. Look, they uh, were in New York this week. I, I, I've I don't seen know. pictures. I don't of... think they were, but sure. Huh? <laughs> what? I think a lot of people they thought were? they were for for like a minute. Uh, I mean, I've seen a lot of blue lights. In, in in New York, I, I is it me or is it kind of ironic that it is blue lights for New York, like NYPD blue? That's oh like... NYPD blue. Okay, no, you, you, yeah. you, you, before you said that, I did make the connection. I always think of re- the re- the like the Big Apple, so I would have thought of like red a red light. But yeah, okay. Uh, for me, for me, my first experience was uh, with New York was. Uh, through NYPD Blue, so... Hmm, alright, well that explains that, I guess. Yep. New Yorkers were shocked and amazed by an eerie light, blue light uh, that took over the night sky uh, in Queens Thursday. Officials says an electrical fire at the Con Edison substation was to blame, and not an alien ship or any uh, other wild ideas of the site inspired... Witness described hearing a boom, uh, followed by a flash of light. The light went from white to yellow to uh, insistent blue, with a level of clouds hanging above New York skyline. The effects were striking. Uh, the comparisons ranged from Ghostbusters <laughs> to any number of alien movies that have featured uh, the Big Apple. Uh, yeah, it looks amazing. I mean, it yeah, looks really I, cool. I was thinking Independence Day when I first saw it. Um, yeah, it says here confirming in, the confirming incident in Astoria was the revol- result of a transformer explosion. Said the New York City the police police department. Uh, no injuries, no fire, no evidence of extraterrestrial activity. That's what the police said. <laughs> I I love that they like. And no, and no, uh, <laughs> and no evidence of ET. I love that, that. That's what they would say, though, Fro. That's what they would say, yeah. right? Mm? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's mm-hmm. all cover up. Yeah, because we are conspiracy theorists that believes in this every time. <laughs> I mean, it's weird looking for sure, but it definitely has a lot more to do with weird. kind of the atmospheric conditions at the time. I'm thinking, like. Like it says, the cloud cover was just perfect to kind of make the light uh, radiate over the whole city. And so all these people saw it. Um, If it would have happened on a clear, nice, sunny day, it wouldn't have been as big of a deal. No, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's pretty. It's, it's pretty. It's also kind of pretty. I was thinking of the Northern Lights when I saw it, but that's a little bit. Okay. Yeah. But uh, that's maybe more no which than something you could have in New York. <laughs> in my country, well, we have Alaska, and they have northern the Northern Lights in yeah, Alaska. Alaska. And that, yeah, there you go. Alaska. 
So tell me about this uh, Florida woman that uh, holds up a postal truck with a plastic gun. Florida woman holds up a U.S. Postal Service truck using a plastic gun. She stole a single package from the truck and fled on a tricycle. (laughs) Tricycle? Hmm. Yep. Uh, She was arrested by patrol units at 4 p.m. on Saturday. Uh, When apprehended, uh, police... uh, She told police that she was God. Bro. Uh... Earlier that day, she allegedly pointed a gun at a jogger and then stopped a U.S. postal mail truck, uh, deputies reported. She stole one package, escaped on, uh, via tricycle. See, I, w- I wish they had video of the police cruisers coming up behind her to pull her over <laughs> on this tricycle. Especially when you ask for driver's license. <laughs> right. <laughs> the pistol was later uh, found to be a plastic fake. Uh, while being cuffed, uh, she said she yelled oh, that she God. was God and that voices were telling her to do things. Uh, she was charged with f- felony armed robbery and aggra- aggravated assault. <laughs> Florida, bro. I mean, again, this by the way. Comes, yeah, I know. But uh, if this comes in front of a jury, and I was sitting on that jury, and someone like asked me if she was saying I would go, no. Escaping on a tricycle is the thing that kind of... <laughs> That's the thing that gets me. It's like... And every day voices are telling her to do normal. things, bro. Yeah. But escaping on a tricycle proves the point. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, I mean, there's two options here. Uh, she's not mentally there. Or some kind of like, drug, some very serious drug, some bath salts or something could be involved here as well. Or it could be a combination of the both. Uh, but hopefully she gets help one way or another. Yeah, poor woman. Uh, a woman I don't feel that's bad about is Elizabeth uh, Warren. Or as uh, every Republican mouth wants to call her for contest. Uh, sure. Have you not seen this thing? Like, people on the right, like, mocks her because she took that test? Oh, well, they were saying that before she took the test from. They were, Trump was calling her that way before she took that test. Oh. Right. So that's, uh, that's old news, I guess, in a way. Uh, she took the test and it kind of proved it, it the opposite of what she was saying kind of in a way it just depends on where you land on percentile genetics fro and sh- right. should that be should uh, where my values lie on percentile genetics matter to my political views probably not mm-hmm. <laughs> that's kind of getting towards uh, some kind of eugenics racism so I don't really it, it, none of that really matters to me I don't really give a crap I care more about her policies and the fact that she chose to back Hillary instead of Bernie in 2016. Those are the things I care about. But Elizabeth Warren announced Monday that she's launching an exploratory committee for a presidential run in 2020. I'm so shocked. I am so extremely shocked. It makes her the first person to kind of uh, Mm -hmm. definitely put their... their, uh, 
the first big person. There has been a couple people to announce, but they're not really anybody who's worth mentioning. Uh, she's the first really big name that's kind of put their hat in the ring. So uh, this is the beginning of the 2020 midterms right here. For we're just we're just, it, day one, and we're already starting. I know. Yeah, no, like I, I, I was told, I don't remember who I was talking to, and I, I said that uh, this proves one thing, it will be a fucking long election period, that's for sure. Well, I, I think we like, kind of knew like, that, I mean, in, in a way, it never ended from 2000, uh... 16 yeah from the end of uh, for the beginning of 2000 or the end of 2015 it, it's never ended even before trump got into office the campaigning had already started you know what i mean um so i think we've we've been in this cycle it's just gonna ramp up once we get all these other people once we get the <coughs> um joe kennedy's and the cory bookers and the kamala harris's and uh bernie sanders gets in there and all the other people that are going to uh, be in there, uh, Tulsi Gabbard and everybody else, uh, once we start getting debates and everything, that's when it's really going to ramp up. But this is definitely marking the beginning, and uh, it's going to be a long run. I, I, I see on the on the Republican side, I don't see a lot of people <laughs> trying to run against Trump. No. Maybe two or three at most? What do you think? Yeah. Maximum two or three, and I see a over twenty running on the Democratic side. Uh, what I'm seeing is they're going to have a total of twelve debates over the year for the Democrats, which is more than last year, which is something we complained about. Um, mm. And I think it's going to be six, uh, six and six, like six at the beginning of the year, six at the end of the year, something like that. So, uh, a lot of, uh, we're going to have a lot to cover when it comes to this stuff. But as far as uh, Elizabeth Warren, like I said, she announced Monday. So it's looking like she's going to be in. Um, and she put out this video uh, that I say, yeah. I, it's worth checking out because it is very, it's a very good political video. Um, it's a really good political video. But here's my question. I don't especially like this lady, uh, but that's my my personal opinion about her. Um, her views are are okay, I guess. Uh, just that, especially what happened with Bernie, and the last time, uh, it's. I have a little like I I feel I feel she kind of uh, attacked her side of of of. Uh, of uh, the Democratic Party, so I feel I feel she's kind of traitorous, if you understand what I mean. Uh, yeah. The th thing about her is she's kind of like her, um, n her monetary policy as far as America goes is pretty good. Her foreign policy is not that great. Like she, there, she's got good things and bad things about her, and right. um. All in all, would I vote for her if she if it was her and Trump? Like, you know, the right. final two, I would definitely vote for her. Uh, yeah. In the primary, I'm going to vote for a Bernie or a Tulsi Gabbard before I vote for an Elizabeth Warren. So, yeah. 
No, it's it's going to be uh, interesting, interesting, interesting news ahead. Uh, I I still think Trump is going to win twenty twenty, but that's me. Okay. I'm a pessimist, I guess. Talk about Trumpy Trump. Um, you know his feelings about fake news. Uh, Egypt court jails activist over spreading false news. In Cairo, this is news from uh, AFP. Right. Remember, we covered this lady before. We covered this yes. uh, when she was initially arrested, I guess. Arrested, um, yes. And now she's actually going to jail. Uh, she was arrested over a video she posted online criticizing sexual harassment in Egypt and alleging that guards at a bank had sexually harassed her. Uh... Oh, the court also fined her uh, 10,000 Egyptian pounds, which I guess is only $560. Mm -hmm. uh, and it says here, she has been conditionally released on Thursday after being detained in another case with charges including memberships of a terrorist group. Mm -hmm. So she was released and then detained again for another charge. This sounds very similar to like that, remember Pussy Riot? When they yep. got out and then just were immediately arrested again. Uh, yeah, this is them just messing with the, the activist because she's an activist against uh, yeah. the state is really what it is. Yep. It's sad. Um, it, is, it's, it is sad because it's like people speak out about regime and the regime gets them. I'm, I'm so happy that we live in a democratic country that we're allowed to speak shit about people we don't like. Right. I mean, it, but it also shows you kind of the scary path you could take by using the like the whole concept of fake news or whatever. Uh, when your government starts talking about uh, censoring things that they call fake news and censoring the internet, uh, just look out because this is what this is what ends up happening: <laughs> is they start using fake news to arrest people. You know what I mean? Like it start, it can start out innocent, but it end. It just watch the path that they're going on. So, a woman's march in California, according to the Independent, is uh, called out of fears that it could be overwhelmingly white. What is this all about, Luke? A demonstration in the town of Eureka in Northern California, uh, was due to take place on January 19th, but the event has now been called off because of lack of representation uh, from across the community. Organizers said the decision, uh, which comes amid friction in the wider women's march movement, I don't know what friction no. in this they're talking about. <laughs> no clue. Never uh, heard about this before. It's a, uh, oh, this is from a statement from their Facebook. Up to this point, the participants have been overwhelmingly white, lacking representation from several perspectives uh, Oh, in our community. Instead of pushing forward with crucial voices absent, the organizing team will take time for more outreach. Although many of Facebook group members have been heaped praise on the campaigners uh, attempting to d diversify the rally, others have criticized this choice. So what do you think, Fro? Um, 
I think it's silly. And like being afraid of being too white is kind of like I don't really get it. They don't want to be perceived as being uh, an all-white group. That's what it is. Yeah, and I, I, I understand that, and I say that is BS. I think that's BS because, like, if you want to go in the march, like, like, for example, if if I was against racism and I went in a march against racism, I wouldn't uh, be. Uh, occupied in my mind of who went with me uh, if they were black, white, whatever color they had. Right. I would be happy that we we just marched against something that we were against. So instead of focusing on who's there, maybe focus on the message and more people will come and join you instead of like saying, uh, oh, this doesn't look good. Who cares about if it looks good? It's the message that is important. But it, this is kind of a PR move in a way, right? It's it's, yes. it's weirdly like um like almost business like corporation like a corporation would make this like move. It. You know what I mean? In a way yeah. where it's like, oh, we can't do this because it's going to make our corporation look bad. But uh, I mean, this doesn't make them look good either. Is the weird part? It, it, it says here, yeah. um, Census Bureau data from July shows that Humboldt County, where Eureka is located, is 74% non-Hispanic white. So the other mm-hmm. thing is where this where this place, uh, where this rally was going to be is 74% white, according to the census. And then when they saw that their rally was going to be overwhelmingly white, they canceled it. Even though the place where they are, where the people are coming to go to this rally... The place is like overwhelmingly white. So, <laughs> the thing is, where were they expecting? Were they expecting people to come from like other places, like other counties and other states, to come to this rally? That's the only thing I can think. Um, but the the really weird part here is just like kind of the irony of of. The not want to be not wanting to be perceived a certain way, but also mm-hmm. marching against being perceived a certain way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, the weird that's, part here. It's the uh, double standard. <laughs> it's definitely the double standard. Do you have any predictions for two thousand nineteen? Hmm. Um. Well, I guess my main prediction was that whole how, uh, over 20 candidates in the uh, uh, the primaries and the Democrats. Let's see, what other predictions could I have? Do you have any? I can't really think of any other ones right now. Uh, I have a prediction for 2019. I, I am predicting that we're going to talk a lot about Brexit. That is a really, really big thing. Prediction, I think wow. We Good one. Yeah. yeah. I know. Uh, I think we will talk about Julian Assange during the year. Maybe. That's a very good guess. These are not great <laughs> predictions. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> you, you don't. You don't think. And I. I. I think some. Something about Russia and Trump. I think we will also talk about this year. 
Uh, My guess is this year, if I'm going to make a crazy <laughs> prediction, uh, a war gets started with either Iran or Turkey. One or the other. Or both. I don't... I don't see that as crazy. Then I okay. I will make a really crazy prediction. There will be another uh, Brexit vote. How about that? That's a crazy prediction, considering how much they've said it's not going to happen. So yeah, all right. I can still see it happening, okay. though. Yeah. But uh, um, me too. But uh, a psychic prediction by a man that. Uh, Claims he was a Egyptian queen in his former life. He has some uh, predictions for you, Nicholas uh, Ayulia. Yes, sure. Sure. All right. Uh, claims his dream has led him to predict the outcome of major events, and that he was uh, lived as a, a Egyptian queen in a past life. So. Uh, let's see what has I predicted. Uh, he says that Prince Harry, Harry and Meghan Markle's baby due in spring will be a girl. Uh, I think that's kind of a 50-50 bet. That really is a 50-50, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, he claims Taylor Swift is going to <laughs> announce her engagement. Okay. Uh, Nicole Kidman will fall pregnant. Okay. Right. And Madonna will face criticism for doing charity work. All right. I mean, that one seems like it could be pretty... Uh, you could kind of stretch that one to make it real. But the other one seems yeah. all right. How old is Nicole Kidman, by the way? Uh, I will Google that while you tell me the rest of the article. Sure, okay. Um... He previously told, uh, he, uh, this, uh, uh, what's a good word for him? Uh, not predictor, but, uh, seer psychic? of the future. Psychic, yeah. Uh, he discovered, uh, various reincarnations at age 17 after falling into a trance, uh, mm -hmm. which sim uh, stimulated past life recall. Uh, mm -hmm. he said, I've been, I've been an embalmer of dead bodies and, a closeted transgender soldier in Saxton, in England. Uh, I've lived a animal lives of deer, a deer, lion, a falcon, to name a few. Uh, an anti-establishment French school teacher, a sailor, uh, and a Middle Eastern nomad in the desert. All right. Nicole Kidman is uh, 51 years old, by the way. Okay. It's a little old to be having a kid, but I guess it's still possible. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, now he believes he can see the future. Uh, the most significant thing I have predicted to date is the Syrian conflict. Around three years before it happened, I had a dream that uh, I was there. I know that uh, it was Syria because I saw the country's name, but I didn't know what was going on. I felt the sense of unease, like trouble was looming, breathless, like I needed to run. Uh, Nicholas is b uh, based between London and Los Angeles and works as a street hypnotist. Past life uh, re regionalists and astrologer. So he's a scam artist. That's what it sounds like <laughs> to me. Yeah. 
He's running multiple scams at once, but yeah, he's a scam yeah. artist. <laughs> so, uh, Luke, have you felt anything of the government shutdown yet? Therein? No. No? Nothing at all. But I'm not a government employee. If I was a government employee, I would be feeling more... more uh, I'd be having more problems with it. How how far is it to your nearest national park? I have no idea, to be honest. Really? Wow. No. Uh, that's, that's, I don't know. Like... like, as far as parks go, I'm not really sure which ones are state and which ones are national. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Right. Yellowstone, I don't know, is national, if that helps. That's far away from me, though. But it, um, Yellowstone also covers a very vast area as well, like multiple states right. and everything, but not Oregon. So, But uh, I guess uh, Tron is going to tell the truth about the government shutdown is bullshit. This is Tron, but Tron tells the truth. I think the American system is the most stupid system in the world. Yeah, I do. I think it's incredible that you can shut down the state just because you don't get what you want. A politician has shut down the state? They should punish everyone in society because they don't get their will? They have a very strange other type of system in Norway. People who are working in the system are loyal to any government to sit up top of them. Think about if, think about if the military is going to work that way. Yeah. Think about the military didn't like, the, well, say, Elizabeth Warren. So if she became president, the military would refuse to go to war or do they do this? That would be crazy, wouldn't it? You cannot have a political system when you can shut down the government just because somebody can't get their will. Trump is not getting his will right now. It's even with majority in the House for so long, he has that, and the Senate they will have for two years more. But you have to change your system. You cannot have a system where hard-working men and women can be shut down and be used in the political game. People not getting their benefits, people not getting the security, they not getting payments, just because politicians want to sit hard on hard. This is so fucking crazy, and it's so far away from how we do it in Europe. I have a friend of mine who was a member of the Liberal Party. He worked in the health department when the with the Labour Party sat there. Yes, his Liberal sat there where the Socialist was running. And when the Conservative was running, he was still working there because they also want to have him there. He was a professional who did his job for society. That is what the state does. They work by whoever president or every government who sit there. So use those people in a political game is crazy. They say that you need a businessman, and you should allow the state to run like a business. No, you should not. Because the state is not run by a profit motive. You don't, you don't do health care because it's going to be profitable for some few people. You do in... And what is profitable? Is profitable about money? Is not good health care something work without somebody benefit a lot of money on it? Your system is fucked, and you should go on election day and vote for a new system. A new system and don't use government employee in a fucking stupid game among morons. And that is just Democrats and Republicans and anyone else. 
those people deserve everyone's respect. So fuck every shutdown there is. I don't care if Democrats do it or Republicans do it. Government shutdowns is bullshit. This is what Trump, Trump tells the truth. Fuck you all. So that was the uh, Trump tells the truth. The government shutdown is bullshit. Do you agree with that, Luke? Well, there uh, to a degree, yeah. Um, I think the thing that one thing that he's missing is that our government is like trillions of dollars in debt, and that's why we can't afford to keep spending money, and that's why we have to have these budget things in the first place. And the stupidest part, or the most bullshit part that it, he didn't mention, is that the people who shut down the government, the people who made the decision to shut the government down in the first place, they're still getting paid. <laughs> They still get health insurance, yeah. by the way. Uh, so, yeah. They're not hurting, even though they're the ones that shut it down. It's the smaller government employees that are hurting, not the congressmen and the senators. So, you told me that Grover had uh, dropped the F-bomb. What is this all about? New viral video here on uh, the intronets. Um it says, do you hear, do you hear, uh, yes, yes, that sounds like an excellent idea in this clip of Grover from Sesame Street. Or do you hear, okay. yes, yes, th that's an effing excellent idea. All right. So okay. the first one is, yes, yes, that sounds like an idea. Yes, yes, that sounds like an excellent idea. All right, let's listen to it. And it repeats so you can hear it a couple times for all. Okay. In three. Two, one, play. Move the camera! Yes! Yes, that sounds like an excellent idea! Move the camera! Yes! Yes, that sounds like an excellent idea! Move the camera! Yes! Yes, that sounds like an excellent idea! Move the camera! Yes! Yes, that sounds like an excellent idea! Move the camera! Yes! Yes, that sounds like an excellent idea! Move the camera! Yes! Yes, I can hear it. Yeah. I can I, I can hear both. I can hear both. I can hear both. But I, I initially I hear uh, F an excellent idea. But when I go down and I'm yeah. listening to it and I read, uh, yes, yes, that sounds like an excellent idea. And I read it uh, as oh. I'm listening to it, then I hear that's an uh, that sounds like uh, instead of uh, fucking. I, but yeah. the whole it's kind of that uh, the blue gold dress laurel yanny thing where how does the uh, that sounds like sound like fucking those are like those two yeah. things don't sound similar at all but somehow they sound exactly the same it's i think it's the pitch and uh, uh also uh accent uh accent and also like uh, how fast is that right okay Maybe. i don't know I think the accent definitely has a lot to do with it, but when it comes to Laurel Yanny, it does. Right. There is a thing where some people just people's brains are wired different. This one, uh, some people actually got offended by this fro because they saw it and they went, "Oh my gosh, uh, Grover said the f word," and they got really offended mm. by it. Yeah, <laughs> because it's 2019, <laughs> so they got offended. Yes, because you can't uh, play that song, uh, Baby, It's Cold Outside, because that's about rape, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. It is. Remember when the movie hey. Elf had the whole scene about rape? 
<laughs> hey, we have a Facebook group. Did you know that? I did know that. Mm. It's not a digital citizen on Facebook. Uh, somebody named Fro has posted something there uh, about hilarious moments triggered by Brexit. You can go and look at that video or a really good John Cena meme. Uh, and me wishing everybody in the group a happy new year with a picture of uh, the movie that we're going to watch. It really looked like that. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> there were lots of Bird Box memes this week. It was like a Bird Box me- so- meme-a-mania on the internet this week. And everybody's really like, either they are extremely stoked for this movie or they are like us and didn't really like it. Right, I mean... Either or. And then there's some people who are making memes, it's very clear, have not seen the movie. Because the whole joke mm-hmm. of the meme is that, uh, you know, the blind people at the end, right. that's the joke of the meme. But I saw one person make a meme and it was like just the movie with Sandra Bullock, the blind side. And then it just had mm. uh, her on the front of the blind side movie. And it's like, that's not yeah. what, that's not the joke. You clearly have not seen the movie. <laughs> you just made it, made a meme because yeah. you thought it'd be funny, but uh, you got to watch the movie before you make the meme. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I totally agree. Uh, we have a email address. It's another digital citizen at gmail.com. It's another digital citizen. Yes, I know it's a name at gmail.com. Hey, we, we, you and me, we watched something together uh, uh, in different times, and it was the two last episodes of uh, 1983. Yes, we did. We watched 1983, the very final two episodes of this season. Of Definitely this season, because the ending of episode eight. <laughs> yes, but right. we're going to talk, talk a little about that later. But uh, let's talk about episode seven first. What was it all about? Episode seven, um, uncovering a cruel deception. The Light Brigade plans to uh, plans its endgame over Anatole's fierce objections. Uh, Kajitan presses on and reaches a crossroads. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, what did you think of this a episode? A really interesting episode. Uh, did you end up going back and watching all of them? No, I thought it was extremely interesting. Uh, no, I didn't. Uh, did you? Uh, no, because I got into episode se- 7 and it explained everything that I was confused about, like, in the first five minutes. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. I watched the first... I, I was like, I- I'm going to watch the first ten minutes. If they don't explain it to me, I will go back. And then they explained everything in the first five minutes, so I was like, no, I don't really want to go back. Right, because it turns out the little girl we were talking about at the end of last week's episode uh, turned out to be Effie, but they didn't really ever tell you that until the end of kind of this episode is when you kind of really figured it out, Um, which I kind of like. They keep it, um, keep you guessing. But like we've said in the yeah. past, they this episode would have been better if you were going right into episode eight because then you would mm-hmm. it would have kept the momentum. But since we 
aren't binge watching it is a little different. And so we got a little confused, but it's because we're not supposed to be sh- t- uh, watching the show the way we are, I guess. Um, right. But it did make sense once we got there. Um, and that's that's maybe my biggest complaint about this show is that it's so it's so binge bingey that it's like it, it it relies on people watching eight episodes in a row, and not everybody has the time to do that or uh, the ability to do that uh, when it comes to like. Uh, uh, people get impatient or whatever. Sure. I can see this show having a lot of turnover after the first three episodes, like, as far as people maybe watch the first three episodes and then move on to something and then never come back to it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I we're, we're never going to get those metrics from Netflix because they never release anything, but um, I can see that being a thing with this show. Uh, what else happened in this episode? Uh, we found out... Uh, Kajitan uh, was the child of the lady, the church lady. Uh, yeah. We find out that that whole thing uh, with the lady going to the church and trying to get medicine um, is all in the past, we find out in this right. episode, which we thought it was kind of happening simultaneously, and we find out it's actually yeah. uh, history. Uh, and we find what out the... about uh, this one guy in the light brigade went and dug up his parents, and their coffins were empty, right? Uh, we also find out there's a military coup happening in Poland, uh, kind of by this general, the main general in, in, uh, and then we have, uh, what, oh, there was a funny bit in this episode where, uh, the one guy is like, oh, um, do you want some bread or something like that? And the guy's oh, like, yeah, yes, yes. Uh, uh, no, there's plenty for all of us, or, or something like He goes, I, yeah. uh, can I have some bread? And he's like, yes, there's plenty for all of us. And the guy goes, well, look at all of us communists sitting around the table. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I like that. It's just funny because of the, the context of, like, this um, post-Iron yeah. um, Curtain, or pre, uh, pre-post-Iron Curtain world, and they're talking about communism. It's very weird and funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was probably the funniest part, maybe, of this whole episode. Uh, what else did we have here? Oh, we get our cliffhanger, uh, where we find out that Anatole, the policeman, and the cops have found Effie's base, and they're gonna raid it, and that's kind of where the cliffhanger of this episode happens. Mm-hmm. Before we go into episode eight, were you thinking that everything would? Be resolved at the end of episode eight. Yeah. Um. Sorry, blow my nose. Um. I wasn't sure. I really didn't know, but I thought it, to be honest, would be more wrapped up than this. Yeah. Oh, this isn't wrapped up <laughs> at all. No. Uh, but let's go into episode eight. Uh, do we want to do out of ten for episode seven? Uh, sure. Uh, I would give it an eight and a half. Yep. Uh, I'm going to give this one, yeah, an eight and a half, maybe leaning towards a nine. I think this was the oh, best almost. episode so far. Oh, no, I wait. I loved episode. Oh, yeah. Okay, no, I'm going 8.5. Really I'm thinking the next, epi- next episode is where the raid actually happens. So, yes. that, okay. Um, all right, episode eight. 
uh, Requiem. Swedebor uh, commences Operation Northern Lion. Anatole and the Light Brigade face betrayals, uh, and Kajiton learns an emotional secret and goes on the run. Mm. Uh, this is like the, uh, so at the very beginning we get the resistance bunker being stormed uh, Kajitan and Effie both escape but everybody else is killed I think mostly everybody else um, and the military coup is currently happening uh, what's his name the Asian guy uncle Uncle uh, yeah. is told about the military coup, it seems like, kind of by Effie um, when he's selling her the weapons. And he's kind of going, oh, wow, I'm getting screwed here, aren't I? And I don't even realize it, <laughs> I think is what he was yeah. thinking. Yeah. Uh, we get a scene of, of Kajitan's mother being shot uh, by the guy from the church, by the priest, mm -hmm. which was like, mm -hmm. whoa, this is happening right now? Mm-hmm. Uh, and Kajitan, since he escaped, uh, he goes to L.A. with his fiance's um, dad, who, who is actually mm -hmm. the guy who caused this whole thing to happen, to meet the president. But it's he's actually going to escape the country to try to, uh, just in case they're going to try to get him in trouble, right? That's the whole idea. Yes. And then we see another flashback where Kajitan's mother isn't dead. She got shot. But didn't die, apparently, because we see her fingers move, yeah. and our very f final uh, bit is Kajitan goes to this apartment, and on the mailbox of the apartment, uh, it says dragon, and that's what uh, his grandma always called his mother was uh, the big dragon, right? Because his grandma was kind of an evil old lady. Yeah. And his mother is there at this apartment in Los Angeles, alive and well, and kind of a big jerk. Because she just is yeah. like, oh, you're my son. Great. Yeah, you come in, whatever. I don't give a crap. And that's the end. Oh, man. Whatever. And that's the end of the episode. It's the end of the series. Yeah. For that season, at least. I love this episode. This is my favorite episode. Uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of good action with the the so whole much. beginning scene is all them this play, yeah. um, this underground uh, mil uh, resistance base, sorry, not military base, oh. being raided. And it turns out the one guy who they thought was on their side, the military guy, ended up double-crossing them. That's uh, how they ended mm -hmm. up getting caught. Um, but at the same time, Anatole kind of got double-crossed because he saw, was it that he saw Kajitan go in? And yes. he didn't want him to die, so he tried to stop the raid, but the military coup is currently happening at the same time, and so the military just went in anyways. Yeah, no, I I, 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 I love how they uh, kind of they keep it open-ended without us knowing anything. Uh, I, I, I would say that uh, it's it's um, an interesting end, and I, I it opens definitely for season two. Oh I, yeah, I, I am. I was not I, happy I'm with the end, to be honest. No, the ending I didn't like, but but I, I liked that it was opened ended in the way that that uh, we didn't get resolved anything. But I do think they answer a little too little questions as well. 
I mean, pretty much all the answer, all the questions were answered, but uh, except for a few like major things that have to do with what we find out in the last episode. So it's kind of like the last episode answers a lot of questions, but it also brings up a lot more questions. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I guess we, what do we find out here at the end? That the church was evil or was a good guy? Because it seems like they were bad yeah. guys to me. Well, yeah, it was evil. Right. Definitely. Yeah. And it even said that, like, when he's in the library and he's talking to Kajitan, and he, at, when he's older, like the older uh, version of the priest or whatever, uh, right, right there towards the end, he's saying, it was so easy to manipulate your mother and it was much harder to manipulate you. So were, have they been yeah. using him this whole time to get to the resistance? That's what I was thinking. Right, okay. Yeah. So yeah, there's more questions there with the... Was the church working with the government and then the military mm -hmm. uh, go went against the government and also the church? Uh, and Effie's still alive somewhere. Right, so we're gonna get a return of the resistance. So, uh, season two could be interesting. I don't. Are you going to watch it? I don't know. We'll see when we get there. You know what I mean? I mean, it depends on how much TV is happening at the time and yeah. what's going on. Yeah, I mean, I'd watch it if I mean, it's... it's if it's um, just there, available, and there's not anything major happening at the same time. Right. I mean, it's really good. It's just, it's hard to watch because you have to keep your eyes on it the whole time, or you're you're out. It's a it's a show that demands a lot of the viewers. But I would give this episode, the last episode, a nine, and I would give the whole show an eight all over. Uh, I actually would agree with both of those. So yeah. Um... This was definitely the best episode in the finale, except for the very yeah. end was kind of anticlimactic. Yes. That was the only problem yeah. I had with it. But uh, overall, yeah, eight, eight and a half maybe even, as far as the show goes. Um, there are some discrepancies between... Uh, I watched one episode, I think it was episode seven. I watched it with the English um, uh, dub, but then I also turned the English subtitles on for... <laughs> And the English right. dub and the English subtitles don't match up at all. Right. So uh, if you're watching it just subtitles with the regular uh, Polish, it's one right. it, it's one thing. And then if you're watching it with the dub, they're saying something completely different. And then probably if you're watching it just in Polish and you know Polish, it's probably something completely different. <laughs> but I, I, I yeah. couldn't actually confirm that one. But um, So yeah, it's a little hard... That's another reason it's a little hard to follow um, without really paying attention the whole time is because of the uh, the language differences. Barrier. Yeah, the language barrier. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I totally agree with you. Uh, before we go into uh, this week and uh, what we have watched, uh, uh, other than this, uh, Hall of Famer Mean Gene Oakland passes away, uh, WWE announces. And he was maybe the most uh, known interviewer in sports entertainment history. He passed away at age 76. Um, my thoughts is with his family and friends, of course. But uh, yeah, I don't know. This is maybe um, 
the first one that uh, really got me because he was the voice for me uh, when I went back, when I got first interested in in, in wrestling. Minji in Oakland really was the, one of the guys that really uh, got me one of the best interviewers of all time. And his interview with, uh, for example, uh, um, oh, who am I thinking of? Uh, the really bi- uh, big guy, the biggest guy in in wrestling history. The uh, big as in large. Large, yes. Uh, Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant. Yeah, when he puts his hand on Mean Gene's head, it looks like he's squishing a grape. And it's just like it—it's it, one of those wrestling that's just, that, that just got me. Really, like, oh, really? He's—he's he's gone, and his intros to WrestleMania matches are like amazing. He was there uh, so, doing the interview when Booker T said the N word on live TV on accident, like on mis- like by mistake, yep. he called Hulk Hogan the N word. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Is that irony? <laughs> I don't think that's irony. <laughs> I don't think that's irony either. But yeah, have you watched it on TV this week? Uh, I've got a lot to talk about on TV. Uh, let's see, where do we start? Oh, I guess this is actually a great place to start since we just talked about this. Uh, Grace Under Fire, I've been watching that, you know, Fro? Okay. And I'm just, yeah, I've got it on in the background, uh, maybe, I think it was Thursday or Friday, and I'm cleaning the house. I was vacuuming, you know, picking things up, doing dishes, whatever, random housework. And all of a sudden, in season two, episode 22, they have this episode where her son gets in a fight at school, and it turns out uh, he he called the kid a name, and he called him uh, the neighbor's word, Fro, in this, uh, oh. right? Like we were just saying. But in mm-hmm. this episode, Fro, that is on Amazon, by the way, they actually mm. say the N-word. She says the N-word mm. in this episode. Like the actual, they actually say it. And I was, so I'm sitting there vacuuming or doing whatever, cleaning up. And then all of a sudden, it, like I had headphones on, all of a sudden I'm listening to the show and then that happens and I'm like, what the hell? I had to do a double take for sure, bro. Uh, it was a different time in the nineties, but right. it's still on Amazon prime, uh, season two, episode 22. If anybody wants to get offended and if they feel like they need something to be offended about, you can go find that. Um, uh, anything you want to mention? I watched uh, Watership Down. Watership Down. Uh, it's about rabbits, look. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the cartoon. Have you seen the cartoon? Uh, yes, I have. It's very depressing, as far as I remember. Yeah. I haven't seen that since I was uh, really young. It is super depressing, and so is this show. Uh, but super depressing doesn't mean bad, does it? Uh, I mean, I don't really remember how good the car... It was so long ago that I watched that cartoon, but yeah, it might have been good. It was pretty good. But uh, this has uh, James McAvoy, Ben Kingsley, Tom Wilson. Uh, who else did I say was in it? Uh, uh, Rosamund Pike. Yeah, many good voices. Uh, I recommend it. Uh, I think it's on Netflix now. Okay. And, and it's four episodes. Oh, yeah, I did see that on there. Right. I thought it was yes. a movie. This is a TV oh, show. okay. Okay. Uh, 
Yes. Yes. Anything else? Uh, yeah, I watched Tidelands finally. From uh, oh. I only watched the first two I episodes. Heard, I heard about that show. Uh, yeah. Uh, you recommended it to me. You said it was one of the worst shows of last year, I believe. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm I'm not sure. Me saying it's one of the worst show of last year is is recommending it, but that's that's another thing. Yeah. Um. Well, kind of in a way, because we watch really bad shows. So you did say, yes. hey, I want you to watch the show. So yes, and in a, yes. In a, that, that is recommending it, uh, even though it's kind of opposite of good. Um, <laughs> the uh, this show is definitely just charmed with um, mermaids instead of witches. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, this show is definitely jerk-off material for 14-year-old boys. Uh, mm-hmm. more than anything else, I think that's what it's designed to be, and that's designed who's... I can't imagine uh, teenage girls or, like, uh, you know, 21-year-old girls being really into this show, even though that seems like what the demographic would be for it, you know what I mean? I don't think that's necessarily mm-hmm. the case. Uh, it seems like the main bad guy, Fro, they would just cast her because she was willing to be naked the entire time. More or less, uh, I think. I think her one uh, direction was being naked. Right, exactly, and I guess, um, I guess, it, it, in a way, <clears throat> it wasn't as bad as. I mean, it was definitely not the worst show I've seen this year, or in last year, I guess technically now. Uh, so no. I, it wouldn't have been on my top five, but it's still really bad. So I gave it um, what did I give it? A three point five. That's just because you have a crush on the main girl. Oh, yeah, the main character is very attractive, so I might be giving uh, a, an extra <laughs> point there. So if it wasn't for her, I yeah. it might be a 2.5. Because I gave it a 2.5. <laughs> okay. But the main character, is she's, she's adorable, and she's got this cute accent, and yeah. And she's kind of a badass in the show as well, but it's yes. pretty dumb. And she's not a great actress, but hey, whatever. Have you heard of Angie Trebekka, Luke? Uh, no. Is she a fashion designer? No. She Sounds like a fashion, fashion designer. designer. <laughs> she does. Uh, this is an American comedy show that has a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 7 out of 10 on IMDb, and a swooping 78% on the Metacritic. It is from... Producer uh, Steve Carell uh, with Rashida Jones, most known from uh, American Office, uh, that plays the lead role of a police uh, woman. But this is kind of it's it's they think it's a small screen version of The Naked Gun. I really don't know if I liked it, but here's the thing: it's like. I downloaded all the seasons because I was like, oh, it's Steve Carell and Rashida Jones, two people I like. So I I usually say two episodes and I'm out, but I don't really know if I have the heart to do it. So maybe I will watch a little more okay, to see if it gets better. Uh, I mean, it's worth it. Uh, That show forever with uh, Fred Armiston, that was one of those shows that I think was was the same. It was like, you had to really get into it, 
get past right. two episodes to realize how good it is. Let's see, what else especially, did I say? Especially episode one of that was so boring. Right, yeah. Oh, two people talking about their relationship, the show, and then one dies. Oh, so sad. Right, and it it was definitely a binge show. Another one of these shows that has to be binged, otherwise you just don't get the full scope of it, yeah. Um, Yeah. Let's see, what did I watch? Uh, I watched Three Below, Tales of Arcadia by Guillermo del Toro, bro, uh, on Netflix. It's a kid show. Uh, but it's basically just Invader Zim, except updated, updated, what, animation and jokes, kind of. Um, yeah, uh, as listeners maybe can hear, I also watched this, uh, because it's Del Toro. (laughs) That's more more or less why I watched it. I think I watched two or three episodes. It's nothing that I'm going to continue watching, but I needed to watch it because uh, Del Toro was was in it. Uh, It's exactly what you say. It's a rip of of Invader Zim, just not as good. Yeah, the jokes aren't as funny. I think Invader Zim is a little more focused towards adults than this is. This is definitely more focused towards kids, but Invader Zim was supposed to be towards kids initially. It just ended up being more kind of an adult kind of show. Um, But it was initially supposed to be for kids. This, I definitely just more for kids. Kind of reminds me of, what was the Robert Rodriguez movie? Like, this is a really good director doing a kid's thing. Spy Kids. Uh, Spy Kids, right. No, I was thinking of Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Oh, yeah, I love that. <laughs> that was, like, one of the first 3D movies I ever projected when I was working in a, in a movie theater. That was before, oh, like, yeah. the real D. That was with the blue and uh, blue yep. and red glasses and everything, yeah. I had that DVD. Uh, yeah, but overall I gave it, like, a five and a half. Because it's all right, kid show, but not anything I'm going to watch. Yeah, no, I would give it a six. Maybe a six and a half, maybe. Uh, I watched uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire with uh, Jeremy Kyle. Uh, Jeremy Kyle. Jeremy Kyle? (laughs) No. (laughs) It's definitely not the host. Okay, all right. Clarkson. Clarkson. Oh, Jeremy Clarkson, all right. Yeah, sorry. Jeremy Kyle. I don't know where where I got that from. Uh, Both uh, of them are as, as strange as each other to me, weirdly enough. Sure. Either one of those is very weird, but all right. Sure. But uh, anyway, uh, uh, the last question of this episode uh, was a half million pound one, and it was about the Norwegian adventurer, Roald Amundsen, who was the first one to the North Pole over the British uh, scout. And uh, they asked what year he was in the North Pole, and before before any like because they get four answers comes up, and I was like 1911, <laughs> because like like that's what uh, we 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 know Norwegians know about uh, like uh, culture things. It's like when we do it, uh, and she got it wrong, but I got the half million right but there were many questions before that i couldn't do but i was kind of proud that i knew the half million one. Oh, okay yeah is that that's where they lost is that the half million yeah yeah, yeah okay 
Uh, let's see, what else did I see? Mr. D, series finale, season eight, the Canadian show Mr. D. Uh, it's very... It's, this was one of the best seasons so far. It was uh, a little bit different than the other seasons, I think. Um, I gave yeah. this season a seven. I really like the show. Uh, very dry humor. Um, uh, yeah, oh, there's a silly article that I read that apparently the American, somebody in America, some American network tried to pick pick this show up, kind of. They wanted to make a Mr. Oh. D American version with American actors, uh, and they were trying to get Jerry D, who's the guy that created this, uh, to do it, and he refused because he didn't want to kind of, um, what's a good word, uh, dilute his, uh, his wow. image of what the, what this character is and everything, so he, he decided not to do it. Yeah. Well, I don't have anything else. What else did you watch? Uh, last thing I watched was Bloom. It's a TV show, an Australian TV show for him. Um, Bloom? Bloom, right. Okay. Uh, like the flower, uh, which is, it, this is kind of about a flower. It's about a guy who finds a plant, which is kind of like uh, the fountain of youth, like elixir of life kind of thing. Um, okay. He kind of finds it on accident, or his dog kind of finds it on accident. And okay. it's about kind of... So this guy finds out about it and then somebody else finds out about it and they're they're hiding it from each other but they both know they know and then the rest of the town doesn't know and they're kind of trying to also hide it from the town so it's interesting but it's kind of very soap opera-y sci-fi show um but overall I gave it a 6 so far I've only seen the first two episodes cuz it just started yesterday but the end of the second episode definitely uh catches you and makes you want to watch more so is this all out? Yeah, it's an online thing from Australia. Uh, and what network has this? It's an online site called Stan. Stan by Yo Man? Uh, no, Stan, like <laughs> uh, the, the song from Eminem. Yeah. Yes, yes, the rap song. Yep. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm not going to rap it, are you? I don't even remember it. I remember, was it Enya? Who is the... Who no, is no, the... Enya. Uh, Dido. Dido, there we go. I knew it was a weird name like that. Oh, and Stranger Things, July 4th of this year. I mean, that's a ways away, but they just released the the uh, the date of the new season this week, so... Maybe we'll talk about that next week, Intense. What, Stranger Things? Maybe. Yeah. Oh, Okay. When we talk about honorable mentions of what we're looking oh, forward yeah. to. Well, it'll be in our honorable Yeah, it'll definitely be in my honorable mentions, for sure. Mine too. Hey, look, you and me, we watched a movie this week. Oh, we did. A great movie. Terrific movie this Fantastic. week. Fantastic. Oscar nominated. Uh, it's directed and written by Shidi Anvani Shidox. And it is a 2013 movie from Nigeria. Uh, right. Uh, Vultures of Horror is the name of it. Yeah. And here's a little description, but it's the most confusing, uh, unwell-written... Uh, I don't even know what some of the words are in the description description I've ever seen. So it says, When may a rival 
be expected when the wickedness of the wicked grieves and distresses the innocent. Kwame's family are enemies of progress and their victims have had enough. So that first sentence in the description did not make any sense, basically, but it's basically about a family, right? Yeah, I was just going to ask, what is this movie all about? Well, yeah, didn't you hear the description I just gave? Of course, that description uh, told you exactly what this movie was about. So, we should maybe do this a little chrono chronicle. We, we, we start with some kids touching some balloons, and suddenly the one kid is gone, and someone that we will never see again gets up. Yeah. Well, the kid touches the balloon and disappears into thin air, and then a grown adult male then appears kind of in the same spot, and then just yeah. kind of walks away. And that never comes up, but it, it's never. setting up for the kind of mystical world we're supposed to be going into, right? <laughs> because uh, we start out first with a story with a man with... How many dresses did he have? What? Dresses? No, like, uh, he has uh, uh, suits. Sorry. I was going to say, I don't know what you're talking about. Are we talking about the rich guy? Because uh, I still don't know what you're talking about. Okay, so we kind of open up. We, we see this some voodoo priest oh. guy doing some weird thing. And there's like a skull floating in midair. And people are disappearing and reappearing. And then we go to this yeah. guy who's, yes. we find out, is like part of this family, but he's moved away, uh -huh. right? And he lives and in the city. Is this who we're talking about? Right. And he drives back and forward to work. And please don't ask me what he works with. What we think maybe it has to do with... Uh, construction? With, uh, Architecture? Construction of something? Maybe? Architecture, uh, architect or... Uh, some kind of construction work or something like that. Right. We're not really sure, but it definitely has to do with building buildings in some form or fashion. We're not really sure which side of building buildings. He definitely doesn't build and the buildings. And and he has one suit when he's home, another suit when he's at office. And, uh, yeah. In the same day. I never... Right. In, in the same day. Oh, yeah. It's It's... And, right, so okay. this... and we find out he's got a family who lives in this little village, and his family worships this vulture god, hence the name, Vultures of Horror, Yes. and he doesn't mm -hmm. worship this god, and uh, he feels bad for his family there, I guess, in a way, that's yep. the way to keep saying, but he also hates some of them, uh, so we go to the little village where the family mm -hmm. is, and this is where... Priest guy that Fro was that we were talking about that was like summoning things, and there was the floating skull. There's this priest, mm -hmm. and I think that that is the guy with the suit's father, right? I think that as well. We are assuming a lot because there's not really there's three people that have names in this movie. That's that's one thing. But it's, it's extremely hard to get who has relations with who in this movie. Because nobody's like, 
we don't see all of them in pictures and things like that. Right, and so then we get uh, then we get uh, the story. Well, we're in this village, right? And so we get this story about who's going to become the chief of this village. And there's these three guys, right. and they're trying to decide. They're like the elders of the village, and they're trying to decide between these two people, the priest who we saw, and or the voodoo priest kind of guy, and then there's this other dude that we never see until the very end of the movie. But they're trying to decide between them, and these scenes that where they're deliberating are incredibly long. Then we have this other story where there's this lady, and she's working in a shop, and her shop's not yeah. doing well. And it turns out that she is the wife of the priest, oh, yes. the voodoo yes. priest, or whatever it is, whatever, vulture priest. And, and she sells something. We're not sure what it is. I think she, she sells, sells a lot something. of stuff. I mean, if you look at her store, there's like bags of rice and Coca-Cola right. and just random knickknacks and everything else. So it's just a random thing, I guess. But the store next door is doing better. And so the, I guess the voodoo priest like puts a curse on the other store and it helps out the the wife for a while and then it doesn't, right? Because why why doesn't it help out after a while? Because what we forgot to tell you, everybody, is that this is Nigerian Christian propaganda movie. Uh, and we have six minute scene in this movie that felt like two and a half hours of uh, two people that we don't really see who is praying in front of the cross but it's definitely not the lady in the, the store that we just met so it makes no fucking sense at all <laughs> It's somebody else, sure. and, and there's also another guy that we never see his face because it's a single yep. shot, and he's got his back to the mm -hmm. camera the entire time, the whole six minutes or however long it is. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, uh, yeah, something happens with that. So the lady, uh, oh, right, the lady comes back and puts a cross out and, like, stops the evil curse or whatever because mm -hmm. Jesus. Okay, and then we had another storyline. We have the storyline of the, the daughter who's... This guy is trying to date her, and she won't date him. Uh, they're at college, and he's uh, uh -huh. he's like uh, he's like the best looking guy on campus or whatever. He says he's such a player, but this lady, yeah. this girl, won't date him, and it turns out it's just because the father told her to be evil. Is that what it was? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because he's a voodoo and, priest. And when we are at college, uh, we get a scene. Um some other kids that we will never see again and never seen before and they are talking about some dance that we will never ever see or never ever hear about again either and how do we know it's college because there's Hannah Montana posters on the wall <laughs> right uh, yeah um so then uh. We get this is kind of the la is this the last story? I don't even it probably isn't. There's another story about this brother, the brother, who is trying to date this other girl, but mm -hmm. he can't get a job, and so he's poor, right. and she won't date him because he can't pay the bride price of like five thousand whatever their dollars are. Mm -hmm. uh, 
And we get this crazy flashback scene where the girl... The girl tells him that uh, he has to uh, man up. He's got to get a job and make some money. And it's like this whole scene. And so he walks away and goes to his house. And he's crying in the corner, like looking out the window at the moon. And then we get a flashback literally less than a minute later of the scene we just saw. And they show the whole scene over again one minute after showing the scene. But with kind of like a flashback filter. So you know it's a flashback, right? Yes. We also have have this story about this guy that wants to be a chief. He also goes around in the village and suddenly has superpowers and can set a house on fire. And the special effects here, Luke, what are those special effects? Right. Um, it looks like something from, like, 97 that I remember having a CD-ROM that was called, like, Fire Effects or, or Fire Special Fire. Effects or something like that. And just this uh, chroma key fire and explosions that I remember using in, like, AV Tech in high school. But they're the exact mm-hmm. same effects in this movie from 2013. Um, and then there's the audio, which is all over the place. Like, you have to you have to sit there with your... What volume control, whatever it is, and just have it in your hand the whole time to make sure you don't blow your eardrums out if you're wearing headphones or anything, uh, or even turn it up so you can understand what the what they're saying in the movie at certain points. And then there's other times you, there's no way to tell what they're saying because the the music is so loud that it's overpowering <laughs> what's being spoken in the scene. We should mention the music. There's like certain yes. It's like made for this movie, so it's a song that's like, what, 30 seconds long? But they keep using the song as like a transition from scene to scene. It's very weird. And it it sounds like the most generic uh, trance uh, song ever in 30 minutes with also a voice box uh, emulator. It sounds like... I'm not sure what I can compare it to, but it sounds awful. It's like an auto-tune, just kind of like a jingle, maybe, like a a commercial jingle, like a 30-second jingle, but auto-tune crazy, yeah. Uh, But yes, then we have the last story. The last story is this guy trying to be chief, and we see the elders deciding that this Christian missionary that has been done for a while, because he's a goody two-shoe, he is the one that gets uh, um, the elders' uh, respect. And when we say elders, Luke, (laughs) how do we know they were elders? They had canes, of course. Oh, they have canes? They have canes, yeah. And oh, that's oh. that's why they're <laughs> right. And there's this three guys with canes, and they're the elders of this whole village, I guess. I mean, sure. And they decide who the chief is, and they bring the guy who they decided who chief the chief who they decided to be chief, who we don't see until the very very end of the movie. They bring him to the chi- yep. the priest's house, the the vulture priest. The vulture priest gets really mad that they didn't make him chief. He kicks him off. He kicks those guys off the porch. And that's the end of the yep. movie. And we get credits. But talking about credits, how long into the movie did we still have credits? 
17 minutes. Oh, right at the at the beginning, the credits start yes. and they go through at least yeah, at least 15 minutes uh and yeah. probably more into the movie. It's still rolling credits uh in the in the bottom right-hand corner. Yeah, it takes forever. And and we we, we should say that this is produced by a company uh, in Nigeria that's for some fucking reason calls themselves uh, what was it? Washington Washington DC Productions no, was, We Washington DC Productions I have no fucking clue why I don't know either <laughs> maybe there's a Washington DC there I don't, I don't know so uh, look what uh, did you think about this movie? Well, the ending, it seems like it's more of, like, a ongoing soap opera than it is a movie. You know what I mean? Like, there, And I, I told Luke this, and um, there's uh, seven more movies. Right, because this doesn't really wrap up like a movie wraps up. It wraps up like a TV oh. show wraps up. You know what I mean? But it's two hours long, and the last half hour is so atrociously long well i mean we were like we we had we were hanging out and we're making jokes and so it's fun and but you run it you can only make so many jokes about it and and that last half hour it was like it started to feel like a slog felt so 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 slow and they show like we watched the trailer last week on the show and it shows you all Mm -hmm. these like crazy bad special effects and like action happening there was one scene where there were special effects and it wasn't even an action scene. It was a lady in her backyard and there were some skeletons rolling around on the ground. <laughs> yeah. And to to be called vultures of horror, we don't see a lot of vultures of horror. Other in one scene <laughs> where where we at the bedroom of the bad person and Luke tells me do you see that poster in the background? And I was like, yeah. Uh, what about it? It says Vultures of Horror on it. On the poster <laughs> in the movie. It's got a poster that says Vultures of Horror in the movie called Vultures of Horror. Right. And it, it wasn't uh, even just once. Like, Because at the very last scene, on when they're on the porch, there's another poster on the outside of his house as well. So he's got the poster there as well. <laughs> Oh, this is an amazing movie, and I, it's like I, I, I have, I have no, I have no clue what it's really about. Uh, the audio is terrible, and as Luke said, it it would be impossible to watch it if we didn't watch it together. I think it's, uh, I think if you and me both watched it. On our side, we would hate on this movie even more than we do, but we had fun with it because we watched it together. Sure, yeah, I mean, it helped, for sure. Like, yeah. if I would have watched it by myself, I would have watched it in multiple sittings, probably two or three right. sittings, because it just, it would not, yeah, it's, and then it also helped to understand what was going on, because we were able to go, what is that? And then even then, I'm not 100% sure what we just told you is even accurate, to be totally honest. No. No, I I don't really know. Um, would you recommend this to people? To no, watch? absolutely not. 
I mean, if you well, want to get together with a bunch of friends and just, like, have fun making fun of it, sure. But, yeah. It is, like yeah. we said, in the last half an hour, it is a struggle, for sure. Oh, it, it, it is so struggle. But uh, let's talk a little about about this. Um, uh, Nigerian movies. Uh, this is the first uh, movie I have seen uh, from Ni- Nigeria. Uh, it's called Nollywood. Uh, it is uh, really big, actually. It has a total gross office in 2013 of 1,800 million, and that was in uh, 2013. So I'm guessing it it's it's even more. Uh, now, uh, in 2011, they uh, produced 997 movies, and in 2010, they had uh, four 460,083 admissions. Uh, their main distributor is called One Film Distribution. They have forty-five percent of it. Uh, Silverbird Distribution has another twenty percent, and then we have something called Blue Pictures with five percent. Um, anything else you want to, to, to talk about when it comes to this? Uh, as far as Nollywood goes, it says here, due to the history and of evolving meanings into context, there is no clear or agreed upon definition of the term, and it has been subjected to several controversies, just the term Nollywood. Uh, And the reason, it says here, filmmaking in Nigeria is divided largely along regional and marginally ethnic and religious lines. Thus, there are distinct film industries, each seeking to portray the concerns of the particular section and ethnicity it represents. Uh, however, there is an English-language film industry which is the melting pot for the filmmaking and filmmakers for most of the regional industries. Uh, so there are smaller, littler, in, like, industries, sub-industries sub within the Nollywood industry, uh, but mm. that, that, like, that aren't English-speaking. And those, like, this, obviously, the ones we're watching are coming from a very religious, the religious side uh, side of the, the Nollywood stuff, you know what I mean? And that's just, I guess, right. one kind of sect of Nollywood. And then, like we talked about last week, there's definitely an action movie um, uh, se- section of that as well that makes, I believe, like, that meme with the uh, Ugandan Knuckles came from, like, the, the, right. the voice. Right, you know the way. Right, it yeah. came from a Nollywood movie, I believe, uh, if that's correct. Right. Uh, and that was an action film, I believe. So, yeah. Uh, it says here, Nollywood USA is a broad term used to refer to Nigerian films made in dis- dysphoria. Also, they're popularly called Nollywood U- USA. These movies can be shot in any non-African countries, and these films are typically made by Nigerian filmmakers. So, a Ni- if a Nigerian filmmaker makes a movie in any other country... Uh, they call it Nollywood USA. <laughs> right. Another vague definition is what they're saying. So there's a lot of... It, uh, it's kind of a weird, uh, very um, broken apart 
uh, Nollywood is not like one. It's not like Bollywood where it's like you think Bollywood and there's like that, the dancing and like the over choreographed giant dance scenes and everything like that. This is all different kinds of movies as well. So, mm. I think it's interesting that it's so popular uh, that it brings uh, brings so much as eighty million in two thousand and thirteen. Uh, for me, that seems like a big number. Uh, I mean, I no, I can uh, eighty million for a move like movies. If it depends on how many movies you're making, and yeah, I wouldn't. I'm not surprised, to be honest. 997, uh, approximately. Around a thousand. Around a thousand. And then they gross. Yeah, oh, maybe maybe it's not Holy as big as... crap. Did you know there are over 300 Nigerian language languages? Yeah. Yeah. It says here there may even be up to perhaps 500 languages spoken in Nigeria. Yeah. Even though the official language of Nigeria is English. <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, they they uh, have all their tribal language, and they were under British colony. Right. Doesn't, yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all. But 500, that's still like, wow, that's a lot. Um, yeah. But that also explains kind of how, why the, uh, the, the movie scene is so separated into different groups. Is It's very set on tribal and religious lines. That's interesting. Yeah. So this guy, uh, we we found this guy uh, that made this movie uh, under uh, after a little searching. Mm-hmm. We found him on 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 Facebook. That's right. You can actually become you 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 can't become his friend because he has actually over five thousand friends on Facebook. Trust me, I tried. But I've talked to him, of course, uh, because he's my new best friend, Shidi Anubi Shidox. Right. You talked to him, and he oh. said he's definitely the director of the movie, and that's definitely his Facebook. So what What else did he say? Uh, well, he said, uh, good morning, happy new year. He said, happy new year. And I said, I'm very happy to meet you, big fan. Big, big fan, I said, even. And that's actually true. I'm... Tremendous big fan of him. And he asked me where I was from, and I said Norway. And um, I think I know why the uh, uh, explanation of of the movie that we read is kind of weird. Because his English isn't that good. Yeah, I guess I was assuming that that... that entry we read wasn't written by him but it might have been i suppose oh it is because okay. he asked he asked me you my movie will be shown on your channel in norway today okay it, was he saying that his movie is going to be shown in norway yeah he was asking me oh i see uh, is, is my movie going to show right okay uh, and i said no no found it on youtube uh, okay. Oh, KK, what do you want you get? So, what do you do? A run on YouTube or in a TV station? Question mark. I have no and idea said, what that means. <laughs> no, I said, sorry, I don't understand the question. And he said where I worked, and I answered him. 
uh, and I said, I can't find a soundtrack for Workshops of Horror anyplace. Do you know where I can find it? And he said, let me see. And I said, thanks. Okay. Uh, so we might get back to you on that, but who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, they're definitely, they made music specifically for the movie. So I wouldn't be surprised if he just has that music around for all. I, I really hope he does, because I am going to have that. Okay. We'll yeah. put it. Maybe we can put it on the podcast Vultures. at some point if you get a hold of it. Vultures of I, I can't. I can't do it as good as he, he did it. Or if you go into videos it. on his Facebook page, uh, if anybody goes wants to go check it out, he, he um, there are videos from behind the scenes of him making movies. That's kind of interesting. Oh yeah, yep. and uh, if you go to his main page, you see the. One of the main characters in this movie is on his uh, Facebook uh, page. The one that plays the uh, wife of the wife of the main vulture priest. I think that's who it is. Or or, or yeah. maybe it was... I think it might be the lady who is running the other store is who this is. Was it? Okay. Yeah. It's, it's one of them. Yeah. So, uh, all over. Uh, do you think you would like to see Vultures of Horror too? <laughs> uh, no, I don't think I'm going to be watching it. I mean, it, unless we want to watch it. If somebody out there wants us to watch it, send it to us as another digital citizen at gmail.com. Maybe we'll check it out. I'd watch <laughs> it with you, Fro. I don't think I'd ever watch it by myself. Movies! I've seen uh, one movie and one. Uh, taped uh, concert uh, of Taylor Swift uh, Taylor Swift Reputation Stadium Tour 2018 came on Netflix this week and I watched it and I digged it and I loved it and I can see that uh, Luke is looking at me like I'm a maniac and I can't even see Luke because we don't have cameras on did I ever tell you the? Did I show you the story about her traveling around in a suitcase? Did you ever see that? Yes. Okay. Yes. You showed me that. Yes. I thought. Yeah, that was very funny. Uh. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. What do you want me to say? Taylor Swift. There you go. You don't like her. It's okay. I I am indifferent about her, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, this was a uh, typical, uh, like, uh, like what, what, what do you, what, what do you say? Like, uh, it was a, a concert movie. It was a good concert. I liked the music. Uh, I would recommend it to Taylor Swift fans. I mean, all right, cool. Any cool special effects or just standard, standard stuff? No, standard. All right. So you didn't really watch any regular movies, did you? Because I know the other thing you watched, and it, I don't even know if I would call it a movie, to be honest, but we'll get to it. No, uh, no, I actually watched a movie movie as well, yeah. Okay. I watched a movie called At First Light on Netflix. Okay. Um, it's about... Uh, it's alien kind of spacecraft... Not really spacecraft. Alien orb things come over, and this girl it gives this girl special powers... And yeah. she has to run away with, like, uh, this gr- guy that has a crush on her. Um, it was kind of Netflix's uh, 
answer to how to talk to girls at parties. It was almost similar. Um, it was still pretty fun. I don't know. It wasn't as good as that movie's, but I gave it a six and a half. There were certain things that were a little t- like the st- it did- the storyline didn't connect in certain places and make any sense. But you, if you just went with it and you had fun with it, it was a cool little kind of uh, sci-fi uh, romance com- uh, romance film. So yeah. Okay. Cool. Never ever heard about it. What did it, you give it? I gave it a six and a half. Like I said, um, oh. Netflix. I think it just came out last week, so you can check it out. Cool. I saw Green Book. Have you heard about this? Oh yeah, for sure. It's it's been one of the things I really wanted to to see. Uh, it's driving with Stacy just all the way around. Okay, <laughs> right. That's what it looked like to me. Yeah, <laughs> that's more or less what it is. Uh, but uh, this is Peter Farley, one of the Farley brothers, actually making a. Decent movie. Um, uh, it has uh, Viggo Mortensen and uh, Mashallah Ali in the um, uh, two lead roles. This is so Oscar bait. It is so Oscar bait. It's like, please give me an Oscar, Oscar bait, Oscar, Oscar bait movie. Uh, it has 8.3 out of 10 on IMDb, 81% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 70% on Metacritic. I would give it a 7. Okay. Um... Yeah. I, I'm not in love with, with um, BD. <laughs> I mean, a 7 is still pretty good. It's, you know, oh, yeah. not great, but it's still pretty good. Yeah. I, I think it will get a lot of Oscars. How about that? Okay. Okay, what else? Uh, the only th- other thing I watched wasn't really a movie. It was Banjo-Kazooie, which is a video game. I mean, <laughs> Bender's Island? That's not what it's called, Luke. <laughs> Bandsaw? What, what is this? <laughs> no, it's called Bandersnatch. Barn dance, oh, what? Oh, whatever, Bander whatever. Snatch. Fro said. Um, snatch. It, I was very happily surprised by Chibati G from People Just Do Nothing being in it. Yeah. Uh, at first, beard. I saw him and I went, "This guy looks familiar." They did a good enough job of like changing it up. The beard really uh, made him look different. The but the voice. I w- then I went, "Oh, that's who that is." So for people that have lived under a rock and don't know what we're talking about, Black Mirror, Bandersnatch is an interactive little thing on Netflix uh, that everybody is speaking about nowadays. So if you haven't heard about this, you really haven't keep, kept uh, an eye on, 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 on news lately. But uh, this is... Uh, I, I, I am not in love with Black Mirror. I watched it. It's one of my dad's favorite shows. I don't especially like it. And I've never uh, seen an is... episode. Right. So this is your first, uh, first, <laughs> uh, first Black Mirror. As, sure, as I guess so. 
Yeah. What did you think about the interactive parts? Let's do that first. Um, it's it was very good. Um, it uh, it's lead it leads you more than I would like it to. I think. Uh, well, number one, it's under movies on Netflix, but I don't think it's really a movie because it definitely is more interactive, like a video game, than it is a movie. Um. And it's also about an interactive uh, game. Right, it's but I mean, of... like, <laughs> here's so a good fun. example. Like, you, you can't speed run a movie, Fro, right. but you could speed run Bandersnatch. Yeah. You could do a speed run where you, like, see how fast you can get all the endings. You know what I mean? Or right. something like that. Um, so you could set it... So in that way, it's more like a video game than it is like a movie. Uh, I wish they would have maybe three levels where you could go easy, medium and hard where the hard one won't lead you to where it wants you to go as much as this did. Cause, um, I, I felt like it was trying to get me to, to do certain things just so that it can continue the story. The first time I did it fro, I got one of the two and a half star endings. I don't know what, what you got the first time. Yeah, me too. Um, but I, I had to kind of be tell. led there to a point. <laughs> right. It well, didn't I feel like I got there organically, really. Right. I, I took the pill, if that gives you any clue of what I did. I mean, I got, I've got, I think, four endings. I might have gotten five. I got Christmas ending. Right. Um, I got five out of five ending with the head. Yep. I got the Netflix ending. Yep. And then, oh, I got both Netflix endings, actually. And then what was mm -hmm. the other ending? Uh, there was another two and a half. Right. Oh, the the one where it's two and a half, but the dog digs up the, digs up the right. garden. Right. Right. Which that was, uh, you go back, if you go back, you can redo things and it changes kind of, um, did you... Were you were, were you able to get the doll back from your dad? Yes. Okay. So yes. so that and it definitely kind of uh, those things. It's trying to like guide you. And I wish there was an easy, medium, and hard because I would have been. I would have liked it better if it didn't guide me as much. Does that make sense, Fro? Right. Yeah. Um, definitely. I think other people who we have a lot of exp experience with choose your own adventures just on this podcast, let alone in the history right. of my life in video games and other things, DOS games, when you had to type in things and to find out where you were right. going. Um, right. so for me, this was, a, it felt a little beginner, uh, overall right. storyline wise. I thought the story had a few holes in it, but it's hard to tell when, you know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. I really didn't like the very cliche uh, take LSD and it makes you jump off of a building aspect of that one part. Right. That's incredibly cliche. Uh, yes. But overall, with the storyline, with the interactive parts, I still gave this a 4.5. Out of 10? Out of 10. That low. Really? I, I thought the story had a lot of work to be done um here's one question maybe i'm maybe i need to because you know, i only just did it last night for like two hours or whatever i haven't right. played that as much with it as other people have 
were you able to ever find the other computer programmer that disappears? Um, Is that no. possible? I don't think so. Okay, so that's a big plot hole for me. This is these are reasons that I'm okay. There's other things in there that are very similar. That's like some of the interactions. Here's a question. I know you've seen maps because you posted kind of a map up on um up on our Facebook. If people want to go check that, if, but spoilers, don't check it out. Uh, does picking cereal ever have any effect on anything? No. Okay. Nobody or nobody's determined it does yet. No. Okay. So there are certain ones in there where it doesn't matter. Like the one where you go into the flashback and the only choice is no. Is there ever a way to get into that specific choice and have there be a yes no? I don't think so, no. Okay. So there see, I'm maybe I'm just I, and I only played around with it for two hours and I, I was able to find these little problems. I do see this as being something in the future that's gonna be improved upon and even get get better so i don't know what do you give it out of 10 uh i would give it a seven actually i really enjoyed it but mostly because of the aspect of without destroying the story too much that uh we are the reason for what's going on on the screen if you get what i mean only if you go on certain story paths is that true Right, right. Right. Some story paths, that doesn't ever come up. But some, it does, right? I really like that aspect of it. Maybe maybe six. Six. I will give it a six. I just saw a lot of room for improvement. Um, uh, the acting was still very good, but yeah, there was certain things that I thought there was room for improvement. And I, I don't know, it's also a little bit... What's the word for it? Um... Uh, oh, not overdone, but it's uh, uh, it's a little bit oh, not played out. But this has been done a hundred times in the past, and this is just them redoing it again for modern times right. and expecting everybody to forget that we've done interactive movies a hundred times, like the one I showed Fro, which is called Mister Payback, from like the ninety ninety five, I think it is, and that movie was it kind of similar in a way, but it was more for theater audiences instead of an online thing, which, I don't know, but I, do you see this catching on as being something maybe Netflix does more times? I know Netflix is going to do it with other things, but do you see it catching on and moving over to Amazon or moving over to Hulu and becoming like know. a normal thing? You know what I mean? No, no, I don't hope so because... One of the things that I liked about it is that it is so meta. Like, one of the things I, that I really enjoyed about this was, was that it's so meta. Uh, yeah, but I mean, as far as the interactive part, I can see them trying to do it again. Just, well, number one, because this did so well. We should point out that Netflix has had an amazing last two weeks with Bird Box and right. this. Like, holy crap, yeah, they've gotten, yeah. Yeah, no. But you you should look at that Bandersnatch uh, map, actually. Just to 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 see what you could do and think so. It is extremely interesting. Yeah, I mean, I just... One thing is, there's a lot of video games now that do this exact same thing, and they do it right. better than this did as well. Like, they're oh, more oh, complicated yes. story paths and more interesting oh, yeah. storylines, and yeah. 
There was the one with the uh, the meme that's been out there with the old guy who's like, draw what you're thinking of on the canvas. And then people, it'll right. be like, I don't know, uh, it'll cut to the canvas and it's Sonic eating a chili dog or something like that. Right. Right. Uh, uh, I, I've heard about that game. But talking about movies, uh, I'm going to watch a movie in tomorrow that I'm definitely going to talk about. Uh, I'm going to see Aquaman tomorrow in 3D. Oh, okay. Well, they definitely need your money, so I'm glad you're going to see that. <laughs> what, are you saying they don't need my money? I don't think they really need your money, but it's fine if you want to go check it out. Um... I, I want to see it in 3D. That's the only reason why I'm going tomorrow. I don't right, okay. think it's going to be a good movie. It's it's over two hours long, for fuck's sake. Oh, really? Two all hours right. and 20 minutes or something. Yeah, it could be all right. Who knows? You might have fun. We'll find out uh, next week, I suppose. I have never liked uh, a, a DC movie other than <laughs> we found out last last time we talked about this uh, Wonder Woman so we will see but uh, let's listen to the audio trailer for Vice so this movie is about the people that doesn't like uh, Pretty Pie Life right? I want you You Vice? yeah well George I uh, I'm the CEO of a large company it looks and like the Secretary of Defense. Yeah, it looks like George and Bush as well. White House yeah. Chief of Staff. The Vice Presidency is a mostly symbolic job. Uh-huh. However, <laughs> if we came to a uh, different understanding, I can handle the more mundane jobs. It's terrifying to think that that's what's happening now with Pence. Military. <laughs> yeah. Think about like. Trump is just the useful idiot like George Bush was. And Pence is getting all the shit done in the backgrounds that we never see. Yep. It's probably actually what is happening. I love Adam McKay. When you have power, people always try to take it from you always. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow, look at the belly. They just they wanted to show that off. The makeup's yeah. really well done. I think that's gonna. I bet if they're gonna get an Oscar, it's gonna be for like makeup or something like that. Lots of music. They're definitely going oh. for an Oscar. We'll see if they get one. Cool. So we gonna do this thing or what? Is this happening? I believe. Okay. Okay. What is this Oscar nominated movie all about, Luke? Right. Vice. Uh, Governor George W. Bush of Texas picks Dick Cheney, the CEO of Halliburton, uh, to be his Republican running mate in the 2000 presidential election. No stranger to politics. Cheney. Cheney's impressive resume includes stints as White House Chief of Staff, uh, House Minority Whip, and Defense Secretary. When Bush wins by a narrow margin, Cheney Cheney begins to use his newfound power to help reshape the country and the world. 
7.1 out of 10 on IMDb, 64% on Rotten Tomatoes, 61 on Metacritic, uh, mm. directed by Adam McKay, right, like we said. Mm. So uh, I guess uh, the audience uh, were like really split on this. Guess why? <laughs> I feel it might be on political lines. Is they're split down? <gasps> really? Yeah. What makes you say so? <laughs> yeah, that's uh, true. Uh, I found uh, Greg A gave it a half a star. Said, "Incredibly and predictable slanted left. They made conclusions. They created the story sprinkled with facts to support their conclusion. It's exactly as expected." Ah. Uh, then I found uh, a five-star one. Christian okay. Bale uh, eats into the character of Dick Cheney with ease. The part during the movie where the ending credits come in during the halfway mark as a novel. Uh, in all, it was a really good watch. All right, I went to the Facebook. I got some short ones, actually, so I'll do a few. Um... Eric Johnson says, Dick Cheney is the Batman. Um, <laughs> yeah. I Fernando Scherer says, another salad of truths and lies from Hollywood. Hugely misleading. And, and I don't mean Cheney is a good or nice guy. Okay. Mm. Uh, ben Stricker says, good movie and true story. If you like the truth and you want to see what our government does behind the scenes. This is the movie for you. Alright. Uh, and then the last one. Johnny Luckett says, You can thank Dick Cheney for getting his hands dirty so we can wake up in the morning and take a breath. This is the best movie of the year! Wow. Yep. Uh, another movie that came out this week was Holmes and Watson. This uh, has got and so tremendously bad reviews. Like, you have no clue. I could have sworn this was supposed to come out way earlier in the year, so I'm not surprised. Usually when things get re overly re-edited, they end up bad, you know, like Suicide Squad. Look, it's one of the Coen brothers that made it. Yeah, I mean, you never, like, just because somebody directs doesn't mean they have comp complete control. Lots of times producers have a lot of control and can screw things up more than a director can. But look, it also the uh, Ethan Cohen also has the screenplay for this. Doesn't doesn't uh. change anything, right? A, a producer could come in and go, "Oh, I don't like this. I don't like that." Change it after everything's been shot. You know what I mean? So that could have been where you never know where something gets screwed up in, in wow. movies. There's so many people to blame. Um, I just have to see it, and then I'd be able to tell you probably. Uh, detectives uh, Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson join forces to investigate mysterious murder at Buckingham Palace. It all seems like an open and shut case as signs point to Professor James Moriarty, the criminal mastermind and longtime nemesis of the solving duo. When a new twist and clues begins to emerge, the world's greatest sloth and his trusted assistant was now used to their legendary wits and injurious methods to catch the killer before the queen becomes the next victim. 
This has gotten a 3.4 on IMDb, a whopping 8% on, on Rotten Tomatoes, a 24% on Metacritic. It has uh, Will Ferrell and John C. Riley and Rebecca Hall in it. Okay. Um, and that's all the movies this week, actually. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was Christmas and New Year's and everything, so not, yeah. People are going out and doing New Year's and stuff, so, yeah. Talking about the New Year, New Year do you know that um, on audibletrial.com slash another digital system, you could get the book? I did, and a free trial, yeah. Yeah. And even if you cancel that trial, you get to keep that free book and support us. It's audibletrial.com slash another digital system. Yeah, go check it uh, out. Yeah. Um, before we go into coming up next week, anything else we forgot to talk about? The Oh, uh, PewDiePie mukbang video. Um, yeah. Did you watch that? Yeah. I thought it was interesting. There was one big mistake he made was... He showed Peggy Neo, who is this yeah. uh, YouTuber, and he m used her as an example of mukbangers who don't eat all the food that right. they put into their thumbnails. And she's probably the only mukbanger on the entire internet that who does yeah. eat all the food because <laughs> uh, she's also a, like a legit competitive eater. Uh, mm -hmm. So that was the only mistake with that video. I actually agreed with everything else, but that little yeah. thing was like, okay, uh, that's a big mistake, actually. No, it will. It was pretty, pretty amazing. Uh, uh, his uh, rewind of this year was amazing. Did you see that? Did is it true that it got more views? It's like the most viewed video of all time now. It's mo the most liked non-music video of YouTube, yeah, of all time. Oh, okay, so there's a few. I I, I knew there was some kind of thing, but yeah. yeah. Uh, it was very good as well. I saw, Yeah, I watched that. Uh, those are the two PewDiePie videos I watched this week. Uh, yeah. And the I really, really... the I mean, he didn't... The thing is, he didn't create the Rewind. It was done by three other oh. guys. And, you know, I like... Uh, those guys' stuff already, or at least Dolan yeah. Dark and the what's the Australian guy's name? Uh, uh, that you never see his face. Whatever that guy. Yeah. Those two guys. Yes. The other guy I'm not really as familiar with, but oh. I mean, I thought it was more representative of what the internet was this year than yeah. the uh, official, right? So yeah. Yeah. No, it was really good. I think he had something to do with it. I mean. Well, I mean, he put it up there. I'm sure maybe he uh, told them what to do. Oh, yeah, I don't know exactly how much he had to do with it. I mean, he's not an editor, really. He has editors. No. So if anybody had something <laughs> yes. to do with it, it was his editor. Very clearly have editors. It's, right. It, uh, Brad. Brad 1 and Brad, Brad 2. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, if anybody had anything, they might have helped out with it. And he might have had some input, but I think it was mostly those three other guys. And they, they, you know, they do that stuff all the time anyways. So, But it was very good. It was extremely good. One of the things that I watched this week, uh, because I'm so behind on Joe Rogan that you have no fucking clue, uh, I watched a lot of his interviews of people that I wanted to see, uh, and he had 
one of the best interviews that I have seen uh, with uh, that British telepath that you don't like. Uh, magician. Oh, right. The guy that had the Netflix show where he pretended yes. to kill somebody? Right. Okay. Yes. Uh, and uh, that was really good. Uh, Joe Rogan is good when he wants to. Uh, yeah. Uh, lately, I've he hasn't had any interesting guests, so I really haven't been listening or watching his stuff for lately. I, I don't know. It just His guests lately have not been uh, interesting to me. You know what I mean? I'm sure they're interesting to other people. Um, I guess Darren the last Brown. thing I, I was going to mention... Brown did... was, yeah, oh, Darren, Darren Brown. Brown. Okay. I was yeah. going to say Dan Brown when you mentioned it, yeah. but I knew that was wrong. Yeah. Uh, did you see the Louis, Louis C.K.? leaked thing yes. about the yes. Parkland students? I did. What did what you, you think about it? I, well, I I think it wouldn't be as big of a deal if everything that happened with him hadn't happened. Um, right. I I mean, it's offensive, but it's a joke. He's on. He's doing stand-up. Uh, so I don't find it as offensive as other people took it. But I think uh. they took it... The, one of the main reasons they took it offensively is because they already have this hate for him from somewhere else, and they're just attributing that and adding it on, adding this on to it. But to me, it was just, it was a joke. It was a joke. I don't know. Yeah, no. It, it, it wasn't especially a funny joke, but it was a joke. I totally agree. Right, you can't take okay. it, he's not being serious, right? Um, uh, is it offensive? Yeah, but sometimes jokes yeah. are offensive. That's just the case. Yeah, I know. Uh, next week, uh, we will talk news of the week. Uh, maybe something about Russia. Maybe something about <laughs> uh, the election, Brexit. I'm sure somebody's <laughs> going to announce running for, pres- for president uh, uh, after this week, so we'll see. Uh, we will talk of uh, another uh, digital review of uh, uh, a movie that I am really looking forward to called Escape Room. Uh, have you seen this trailer? Before I'm we not. To talk I have. I I love horror movies, and this this looks. It's either going to be extremely good or extremely bad. I hope it's going to be good. Uh, then we will come back to Manifest Episode Ten. Does it feel a little strange going back to Manifest after? It does because we've never really done anything like this where we yeah. like kind of broken it up. But you know, the holidays we didn't really have a choice. Um, I don't know. We'll get into it and see how we feel about it and go from there. But I think there's 16 episodes, so we really only have seven episodes to cover. So, right, and then we will do some uh, of the thing that I find the most fun thing to do during the the year. We will do our top five most anticipated TV and movies of 2019. Even though Luke didn't... Oh, I wrote 18. (laughs) That's like your standard, like you're writing the date and you just write it wrong, you know what I mean? For the first like two weeks of the new year. I totally did that. You're right. And right, this is our top five new shows and movies. Uh, Right. And then we will probably, in our honorable mentions, include other you know, uh, shows that are going to be in their second and third season and things like that. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I always look forward to the, to do this because, uh, uh, listen back to it the year after and listen how wrong and 
right we were. Exactly. That is always fun. Right. I mean, I already know one that I picked last year that was a terrible sh- a TV show this year, which we mentioned in the TV round, uh, or the TV uh, best or best of worst of uh, episode, which was, what, two episodes ago, I guess? Um, right. Which was Everything Sucks, if you remember that yeah. one. Yeah. Yes. You had that as one of your most anticipated. Right. I don't remember which number it was, but... I will get that ready for next week, and I'll tell you what my num- what my number of one through five for last year was. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. No, this is going to be hard. I have started, and uh, I can already tell you, look, that uh, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, <laughs> thirteen, fourteen, fifteen shows on my list. <laughs> And I haven't st- started on movies yet. Right, yeah, totally. Yep. Yeah. Um, I haven't even started yet, so maybe I'll get to that tonight. Yeah. Uh, okay. From United States of America, his name is Luke. Yeah. My name is uh, Fro, and I'm from Norway. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, citizen. Goodbye. 